Welcome to the Mom Friends Podcast, where we'll chat about all things motherhood with real-life experts and moms. We're your hosts, Rachel and Kara Ann. So grab a coffee and throw in some headphones and come relate, laugh, and vent with your two new mom friends. for joining us for this episode of Mom Friends. I am going to be talking with Dr. Giselle Tadros, and she is an amazing physical therapist that works mostly with little babies and small children, um, and she helps them rehabilitate or you know work with body tightness um, surrounding oral ties. So we're going to be talking today about specifically tongue and lip ties um, and how they can affect really everything that you can think of as far as a young baby or a child's development. And untreated, they can really continue to affect, um, you know, quality of life for adulthood and beyond. So um, we're going to talk today mostly about uh, how tongue and lip ties can affect babies and what are some signs and symptoms to look for and then why it's important to get it addressed and then how to get it addressed. Who do you look for? Um, you know, what are you supposed to do about this once you think that your child is showing some symptoms? Um, and you'll hear me talk a little bit about my own personal experience too, because both of my kids had phrenectomies, both for tongue and lip ties, and they were missed by several professionals before we actually got opinions that we agreed with. Um, so this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. And I see it all the time with my clients when we're working on sleep issues, um, it can really make just a world of difference once you have this knowledge. So definitely give her a follow at Milk Matters PT, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Giselle. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you about all things tongue tie. You've built such an amazing online presence, and it's been really fun to watch you grow on Instagram. And I know you've been such an amazing resource for parents on there. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about how that came about? Cause that's obviously not your main gig. It's your side hustle, right? Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for having me on here today. I am so honored that you asked me to come on and I sure. feel the exact same way. I feel like you also, I've been watching you grow and I just love all your videos and I look forward to them every day. Um, thank so you. thank you for having me on here to talk about this topic. Of course. So you've been practicing physical therapy for a long time, right? Correct. I've been a PT for 20 years and um, a pediatric PT for about 15 of those years. And I have three kids of my own. And after my last son was born, he's five now, I started my own business where I used to do pediatric physical therapy in people's homes. So instead of them having to come to like a clinic or whatever, we would go and treat them in the comfort of their own homes. Um, and it was going really well. I used to speak at mommy groups um, in the community. And one of the um, IBCLCs or lactation consultant that ran one of the local mommy groups approached me one day and said, Hey, like, I love your approach. Um, you know, your views on tummy time and all of those things. Um, we need a lot of help with these tongue tie babies. And of course I, I may have heard of it, but I really didn't know much about it. And, um, she said, like, do your thing, go like research it and get educated on it because we need you. And so that's what I did. I started like taking courses and mentoring and learning. And it was fascinating to me how much of the tongue tie world related to the physical therapy world. So mm -hmm. the restrictions that you see in babies that have tongue ties, how they translate into development. And, um, you know, 
tongue-tied babies tend to be very challenged and uncomfortable in tummy time because of all the tension that they have. And, you know, many parents believe that their baby hates tummy time, um, but really there's just something that's stopping them. And when you address it, all of a sudden they feel so much better. And tummy time is such a core foundation for all future development that it really can dramatically affect developmental progress. Um, but as you've seen on my Instagram, like just being able to move the neck better allows the tongue to move better and everything is so related. And as a physical therapist, we can impact that. That's so interesting. And so do you find that that is kind of like the main red flag or the first thing that parents notice with a tongue tie? Or do you find that it's more, cause I know lots of parents will say like, oh, I don't think it's a tongue tie because we're not having breastfeeding issues or you know, my baby's gaining weight, so they can't have a tongue tie. What do you see as like the first major red flags that usually happen? Right. So there's definitely a lot of different things that it's like a puzzle that has to come together. So Mm -hmm. I would say that like a heart shaped tongue or difficulty latching or pain when they're latching um, are usually those first signs. So a lot of feeding things that are what you would see initially. But if you didn't have any of those troubles, then you will start to see it in terms of an open mouth posture. So babies don't close their mouth because their tongue doesn't suction up to the palate and stay closed. So you'll see that open mouth breathing, their mouth open when they're asleep. Um, The airways can be compromised. So those babies that like sleep with their bums up in the air, like just trying to figure out how to get air into their lungs. Um, So those are the things in terms of sleeping and then eating, of course, once they transfer from just milk to solids, some of those kids become super picky eaters, they gag all the time, there can be a delay in speech, there's so many different things, dental um, issues, dental hygiene issues, drooling, chewing, mouth breathing. Um, there's sleep disturbances, so many things that you really have to look at. Um, and that's why I always harp on this on my page too, is to just make sure that you see someone who is trained in tongue ties. There's so much misinformation out there and Mm -hmm. so many, um, you know, health professionals may dismiss you. And it's not because the baby doesn't necessarily have a tie. It's because they don't really know what they're looking for, because we weren't taught about this in medical school, in dental school, in PT school, even the IBCLCs have said to me before, like we glance over this, but we don't focus on it. So you have to find someone who really is specialized in this area that knows what to look for, that knows what the compensations are, and knows how to help you. I think that piece is so huge. And I think, you know, it's not to knock doctors or to knock lactation consultants, but, you know, we can't expect them to be experts in absolutely everything. And it's true. Like with my, uh, actually with both of my children, they both had tongue and lip ties. Um, and they, for my son, it took a specialized lactation consultant, um, who came to our home and she was very well-versed in the, in the topic. Um, so she found it, but we had, um, you know, been to other lactation consultants through our hospital and our pediatrician didn't catch it. And then my daughter took a longer time because I didn't have any pain breastfeeding her. So her symptoms, like you said, they took a little longer to kind of pop up, um, But yeah, so who do you think is like the best person or the best type of professional to go for? Like what should parents be looking for when they're seeking a referral or looking for a professional to maybe diagnose something? Right. So in the medical world, we don't really, so there's the anatomy and then there's the function. So just like so many parents like, well, I have a tongue tie too, and I'm fine. And I say, Mm -hmm. absolutely. 
right? So just because there's an anatomical issue doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a functional issue. So you may not have any trouble breathing, eating, sleeping, and that's great. That's what we want, right? Because there's anatomical variants in everyone. If you were to like x-ray my spine and someone else who's the same age as me and whatever, our spines are going to look different because that's just how anatomy works. Um, And so just because you have a tongue tie doesn't necessarily mean you need to do anything about it. It really depends on the symptoms that you are experiencing and the issues that they're causing in your daily life. And so I don't even have a clear cut answer. And that's part of, you know, the mystery of tongue ties is because you don't really know who you're going to need. Do you need an ENT? Do you need because, you know, you've got this like high arched palate and mouth breathing and snoring and sleep disturbances or whatever? Do you need to see a dentist? Because there's, you know, there's all these different issues. And so it's really hard to figure out who or I can't just give a blanket answer because it's a complex thing. Um, but generally it, like I said, I mean, a good place to start, I have a find help highlights on my Instagram page and I have it all broken down. So there's doctors, there's IBCLCs, there's the myofunctional world, there's the PTs. So I just have it broken down. So depending on what it is, your issue is, that's who you would seek help from. Perfect. That makes sense. And so why do you think, so I hear this all the time about, um, you know, moms getting their tongue tie uh, assessed or, you know, just questioning their doctors about it. And I think a lot of people in the medical world right now are, are seeing kind of this uptick in cases, or, you know, maybe it's because of Instagram or Google, P- parents are just finding this information more readily. And, you know, people are saying, oh, my doctor said it's just a fad, or my doctor says it's, it's just a mild tongue tie, or like, so what do you think about, um, about that? And why does it seem like there's more now? Or has this always been there? And now we're just more well informed? What do you think that is? Yeah, it's a fascinating question. I can assure you that it's not a fad being trained (laughs) on it. But um, Dr. Cutlow, he is in Albany, New York, he actually said something really fascinating to me, that 5 million babies were born now, and like 90% of parents or moms are trying to nurse. Back in the day, only like in the 70s, let's say 3 million babies were being born and only 20% of them nursed. So a lot of these tongue ties were present, but just not found because there was no functional issues. So parents weren't looking for answers because they would try, they would stop, they would just switch to formula and that was the end of it or that, you know, whatever it is would happen. But now there's such a push for breastfeeding and there's so much known about the benefits of it. Um, not, you know, long-term as well, not just immediate. And so moms are putting in a lot more effort to nurse. And I think as such with the uptick in the population and the uptick in the amount of moms that are looking to nurse, we're seeing more and more tongue ties. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I think also, you know, like you said, a lot of parents used to bottle feed, but you also must see that bottle fed babies have tongue ties and might need corrections also, right? It's just that with breastfed babies, the mom is going to notice it a little more because she's in pain. Correct. So a breastfed baby, like everything has to just work perfectly in terms of the mm-hmm. positioning and all that kind of stuff. You know, a mom will still figure it out. There's some moms that really only ever do like a laid back position. And, you know, they put their their baby in a way that they can actually remove milk from the breast. So they they figure it out. Um, but yeah, breastfed, ba- sorry, a bottle fed baby is um, 
there's not as much work that the baby has to do. Like if you were to lay a baby down and put a bottle in their mouth and they did nothing, they would still get their food. And so the, the, the work that a baby has to do is just different, but a lot of, like you said, babies struggle, like the amount of babies that we see with reflux and like air that's getting into them because they aren't sucking properly is it's a huge amount. Right. So when a doctor or, you know, a dentist or whoever is looking at your baby says, oh, it's just a mild tie. There's nothing to worry about. How do you know that, you know, how, how can you trust that? Or when do you know that you should seek a second opinion? Or is there ever really a such thing as a mild tie that will just kind of, you know, not go away because it's anatomical. They don't just like grow out of it, obviously. But um, what do you think about that? Yeah, so it's important what you just said that the tongue tie itself, the frenum that we're talking about, that is tight, short, thickened, whatever the case may be, is made out of collagen. That's like hard fibers. They can't stretch. So as a physical therapist or a body worker or whatever you want to call it, I am able to stretch the fascia, the muscles, um, the connective tissue, but that collagenous type fibers made of the frenum, I cannot stretch. So we can work all the things around it. And sometimes that's sufficient. But um, you know, that that um, tongue tie won't stretch over time. But you were talking about the severity of the tie it actually has no bearing on whether a baby will be able to breastfeed or sleep efficiently. I've seen babies that have really like small or whatever little ties as you would call it, but have tremendous difficulty. And then I've seen babies that have a really thick one and they're able to nurse or sleep or whatever it is fine. So the, the, the function, that's why we always go back to looking at the function. And that's why it drives me crazy when, you know, another health professional will say, oh, it's just little, that doesn't bother you. But the parent is coming to you with a complaint. And so to say that it's little is really dismissing them and devalidating what they're saying. And that's why it's so upsetting to me. Um, You know that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you must hear that all the time. Um, Because even just as a sleep consultant, you know, who's not really immersed in this world, I just hear about it kind of secondhand. And I have my own experience with my own kids. But yeah, when you're going to your doctor for answers, and they say, Oh, it's just mild, it'll, you know, it'll resolve over time. It's like, okay, but I need help now. Like, what can I do now? So if a parent has a baby with a suspected tie, or if they've already had maybe a phrenectomy done, what are, so what is your role then as a physical therapist? Like what, cause I think a lot of parents think that, um, or at least I work with a lot of clients who say that they've gotten a phrenectomy, maybe when baby was very young and then kind of nothing else was done about it. So they might still be having issues. So where, where do you come in then? That's such a, um, such a great question. And that's where I think there's so much um, that we go in and help with education about. So a physical therapist will look at any of the tension that a baby may have um, in addition to um, that anatomy. So basically the doctor will fix the anatomy of the the frenum, it'll cut it and allow the tongue to have more movement, but the tongue still doesn't know what to do. And so you need this neuromuscular re-education or in layman's terms, that muscle memory. So a baby that had the tongue tied down to the bottom of the mouth is chomping. It's using its jaw 
to feed. And just because you cut the tongue, the tongue doesn't magically know what to do. It needs a little bit of guidance. It's weak because it hasn't worked. The jaw is overused and overworked. And so those muscles are super stiff and tight. And so there's this whole process that has to happen um, with the babies that don't just get it right away. Of course, some do. And that's great. I never see those babies. But the babies that continue to have trouble are the ones that end up in my office. So if there's tension that's residual, um, we have to address it. If they are not using their muscles correctly, we have to address it. And I think that's why to me as a physical therapist, I realized that I could do those things. So, you know, we teach people after strokes to walk again, to use their arms and legs. And so we know about muscle sequencing and how to turn muscles on, how to turn other muscles off that are compensating. Um, and that's why this just seems like so perfect for um, a physical therapist to work on. So it's not just the, the tension part, but also um, teaching that muscle memory. That's so fascinating. And I wish that I knew about you three years ago because my son, um, I told you at the beginning, he, uh, was like you said, chomping at me when he was feeding. So breastfeeding him was incredibly painful. Um, so we ended up getting his phrenectomy at just about two weeks old, but we weren't told, we were told to like do not even stretches. They basically just told us to like touch his wounds so that they didn't reattach. But other than that, we weren't told to do anything. And now that I know so much more about this, I look back at pictures from his entire infancy and he was sleeping with his mouth open still. So do you think that it's ever, so now I'm starting to think like, okay, do we need to do like more therapy for him? Do you think that it's ever too late or, or what types of therapy would you suggest for maybe a tongue tie revision that hasn't made any difference for the symptoms that are happening? Do you think physical therapy or I guess it probably depends on what's going on with your child, what type of professional you would seek, but do you see older kids sometimes that have had tongue ties? Um, that's a really good question. So I personally am only trained in children that are younger. So six months mm -hmm. and younger is where I normally draw that cutoff. Once they start eating solid food, I think it's more important that they see a feeding specialist and not me that's out of my scope of practice. And okay. I think that um, a feeding therapist, especially somebody who's trained in the oral fascial, the oral functional um, world is the best one. So I do have as well, like a link and we can link it here. Um, of a resource where you would look for a feeding specialist that is also OMT trained. Um, and that's sort of a, a great place to begin. You have to make sure basically that the tongue is elevating and suctioning to the palate and that the mouth is closed during mm -hmm. sleep. Perfect. For proper facial development for just so many benefits. Yeah. And he, um, my son also was a huge pacifier baby up until he was like, almost three. And so he did start to get like, you know, that, uh, arched bite and, um, all of that stuff. So yeah, there's just so much that goes into it. So my husband and I are now starting to kind of think about like, do we need to maybe look for someone like that just to make sure that, you know, we're addressing things that we need to address because he also yeah. was like a baby that hated tummy time, um, had terrible reflux. Like I think his tongue tie probably just wasn't, um, wasn't taken care of the way that we should have. So I'm so glad that you are now providing all of this amazing information for parents. So how did you, why did you decide to start this Instagram account? You're Milk Matters PT. You're one of my favorite accounts. Um, and we'll link it in the show notes so you guys can follow if you aren't already. So what was kind of your inspiration behind that? 
So it was, like I told you, just like this fascination to me of how much PT can actually impact a tongue tie. So I wanted to just put it out there and get more PTs understanding more about this. I mean, and so many DMs that I receive all the time are from moms who are also PTs. And they're like, how did you get into this? Like, it's so fascinating. Or my kid, like you were saying, had a tongue tie. And I went through this whole process. I never thought ever like that PT could be a thing. And so just continuing to educate people is really, you know, my mission with the page. Um, And it's been great because I've got to meet, you know, wonderful people like you who have been able to help me as well. Um, So it's just been, it's been great. Awesome. I'm so glad you've gotten out there. And like you said, the information that you're providing to parents is just so important. And I didn't even think about the fact that you're educating fellow PTs as well so that they can then go spread (laughs) that to other families. So it's really just like this huge ripple effect, which is so awesome. Dr. Giselle or Dr. Gigi, as you're known to your little tiny patients, thank you so, so much for coming on today and educating us a little bit more about tongue ties and all of the stuff that goes into that. And if you're not already following at Milk Matters PT, you need to be following her because even if your baby isn't tongue-tied, you provide so much awesome information about babies and and things that we can do at home with them and tummy time and all of that. So thank you so, so much. Where can people find you? Do you have a website? Thank you. Yes, I do have a website. It's inhomepediatricpt.com. Um, but most of the information that I put out is actually on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. Bye. You've been listening to Mom Friends. Tune in weekly for new episodes and interviews with us. You can subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. And please leave us a rating and review. Find Rachel on Instagram at HeySleepyBaby and Kara Ann at Bloom Baby Wellness. 